Okay, we'll start this off. How about you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, my name is Janelle Brandon, and I live in Moorhead, Minnesota, and I am wife to Lucas, my husband Lucas. We've been married almost 13 years, and together close to 18 years. Um, we met in college, so we started dating when I was 20 years old, which, okay. is that your age now? Yeah, yeah. 1920. 1920, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, so I'm 37, so okay. yeah, I'll be 18 next year that we've been together, which is a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have two children. Dylan is 12, and Julia is 9, so 4th and 7th graders. Okay. And... Um, we homeschooled our children oh. for a time. So actually, our son Dylan is still homeschooled. And okay. um, our daughter just started public school this year in Moorhead. So wow. she's been transitioning and, uh, yeah, enjoying that and doing That's well cool. and thriving. Yeah, she's just started in our uh, her school musical, a fall musical. Okay. So she was cast as the librarian. Miss <laughs> Finkelston. So oh. it's right up her alley. She's a voracious reader. Um, yeah, the kids swim on the FM Gators swim team. Okay. So we spend some time at the YMCA and they really enjoy it and mm-hmm. it's great. Swimming is wonderful because you can do it whether you're two or 99, mm-hmm. don't need a whole lot of equipment. And, very true. Yeah, just get a body of water. Mm-hmm. get after it yeah it's good exercise yeah um and so yeah so that's kind of on the family side of things and then mm-hmm. work-wise I currently work as uh, a wellness programs supervisor with Sanford Health Plan mm-hmm. um, I've been with Sanford for a little over four years about four and a half years uh, came in the summer of 2015 and uh I have a degree in theater arts, so it's kind of a long and winding road to healthcare. Um, but it really does truly seem to fit me well and mm-hmm. has really allowed me to grow and blossom in a lot of different ways. So the role that I came into four years ago was in education and teaching for women in women's health. And throughout that time, I found a love and a passion personally for wellness. Um, So I went through some weight loss and I really spent a couple of years working on self. And I think that really helped to inform my professional endeavors as well. Mm -hmm. So, uh, So that led me to take a position overseeing wellness and lifestyle medicine programs to try to help people in general, um, really adults, if they've maybe lost their way or they're trying to get back on track when it comes to their health and well-being and kind of being there in the role of coach and Mm -hmm. uh, learning more about what are the things that habitually or behavior-wise will help somebody make better choices to ultimately improve their quality of life Mm -hmm. and how they move through their days and have their interactions with family and friends and um yeah. And then personally, I, I truly enjoy um, physical activity. It's yeah. just, it, it's a great way to socialize, spend time mm-hmm. with close friends, spend time with my family, mm-hmm. um, involve our children in, in those athletic endeavors. And um, I, when I was growing up, I was an athlete. I 
through discus. Oh wow! Um, and was was an athlete in that way, but kind of after becoming a mother and going through college, going through college, getting married, becoming a mother. Um, kind of lost that athletic side of myself Mm -hmm. and it was really fun to find her again and and see what I'm made of you know and and how strong and and capable I still am even as I'm yeah that's awesome going toward 40 yeah Yeah. that's impressive (laughs) so you grew up in Frazee Minnesota then yes yes uh rural my parents built our home uh on Lake Six on a little pond that channels into Lake Six, which is a beautiful clear lake in northwest Minnesota, about an hour east of here, um, of, of the Fargo-Moorhead area. So my parents are still there in the home that they built together in 1990, 1991. And oh. yeah, so that was kind of a fun evolution to watch them as a couple, mm-hmm. as my parents. I have an older brother. It's just my older brother and I, and as far as kids go, to watch them you know, get the blueprints and have some projects that they did with one another and really stick to something, stick through to the end of a project. Um, Sometimes there's fights. Sometimes, uh, like my mother actually said, I don't think our marriage will survive sheetrocking this place, so let's hire that out, you know. So they they knew when to call it, and they knew (laughs) that they could, yeah, do different uh, projects together. But... um, Really practicing a healthy marriage. Yeah. 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 And they let us see that. You know, yeah. they let us see yeah. that sometimes you have conflict, but we come back together in the end. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was great. And then my, my older brother um, now lives with his wife. He and his wife are both attorneys, and he's just transitioned into a professor role at the University of Wisconsin Superior. Wow. Um, and they have two boys. And so, yeah, so it's really fun to have not only um, a big brother that, you know, cares about me and we keep in touch with the families when we can with our busy schedules, Mm -hmm. but to have a family member living in Duluth is really fun too, because Duluth is a fun place to visit. Yeah. And now he took up sailing. So now he's got a sailboat. So not only can we visit Duluth, but we can get out on the water and explore it. Active. Yeah. From the water or the, yeah. Do you have other siblings as well? Just the two of us. Just just the two of us uh, kids, and um, we're about a year and a half apart. So I would say I never really got along tremendously well (laughs) with my brother until we were both adults. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so now we're thick as thieves. So every time my two children, um, my kids are three years apart, every time they kind of get crossways, I'm like, oh, man, Mm -hmm. you only have each other. But I just trust that they'll get mm-hmm. there once they the hit time. Yeah. Once they graduate high school. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Once we put a little space between them, mm-hmm. they'll come back together. Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's always how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> so then you decided to go to the University of Minnesota after? Yes. You? So I met my husband at University of Minnesota Morris, which is a small college in central Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And he's four years older than I am. So he's, he's hanging out a little bit. <laughs> after college probably just waiting for me (laughs) to lock that down um and so when I was done with my sophomore year the fall of my junior year I did a study abroad in London and I I had a you know I was a theater arts major so I was theater arts track and uh not a whole lot 
of theater arts activity going on in Morris, Minnesota. So <laughs> yep. um, did this the study abroad, semester abroad, and just took in a ton of theater, took uh, 12 credits, 12 or 16 credits while I was there. Wow. So living abroad and taking in all the theater, um, living in a flat with 10 other women and kind of a oh, double, wow. like right in the Knightsbridge neighborhood, which was incredibly affluent not very far from Buckingham Palace. Uh, it was the fall of 2002, so some like, tensions, um, just kind of post 9-11. We were actually in London on the fall, the one-year anniversary after 9-11, so there's just some tension, and I can remember, it's almost palpable that I can uh, recall from that time. And um, But it was an incredible time, and I was already with Lucas, who's now my husband, and so it was just like this international adventure. So... Um, some of my roommates would go to like Paris one weekend and we'd go to Wales and travel was inexpensive within the UK and I did fall break in Ireland for a week Um, and yeah some of those unforgettable things that I was able to pack into those three months abroad Um, and now I am so glad that I did that because you know, after getting married and having children, like I kind of feel like I sowed my wild oats during mm-hmm, that time. Yeah. Um, and now I can wait again until the kids are older and then show them yep. um, and travel as a family and with family and mm-hmm. friends. But once I was done with that semester, I realized that I had maybe outgrown my smaller school. And yeah. so I did then finish up my theater arts degree and moved to Minneapolis and mm. lived there for yeah, the remainder. So 2003 and 2004 graduated. Um, worked on the, like there was a, it was called the Paddleford Packet Boat Company. So it was like a theater arts, um, in not an internship or like a final senior project where they had this multi-night all through the summer theater extravaganza on a riverboat on the Mississippi River. Um, and so that was my my senior capstone project was to kind of assess the participation and the engagement patient or not patient now I'm impatient engagement it's um, uh, customer or you know those the theater goers how they enjoyed their experience and how we can improve it and that kind of led into um, the marketing and management side of theater arts okay. so with my theater arts degree that's where um, I kind of dovetailed like well. I don't necessarily want to be an actor on stage, but I really like the business of this too. And I think um, where it really married together, I was able to be around this really cool scene with a lot of different personalities and individuals that um, that I enjoyed and, and mm-hmm. pl- both plays and musicals. So we were exploring text and we were exploring social themes and just for fun and mm-hmm. you know creative um, singers and dancers and the lighting staff and the scenery designers the set designers all of those things were all melded together but then you did also need somebody that could balance the books or promote the shows it's like if you're always in creative mode all of the time how do the lights stay on? Like, who's paying the bills and yeah, yeah. and making sure 
yeah, that we're that we're taking in yeah. ticket sales and that we can continue the you know so um it was really important to me to learn a little bit of that business side and so mm-hmm. um, my senior capstone and some of the internships like at the ordway center um in saint paul um started with an internship there and then worked in the box office and as and that grew into my first kind of job out of college as a marketing associate wow um yeah and so settling the budgets for shows like rent and les mis and some of the big new york broadway musicals that would come through um yeah so really getting my feet wet so what made you change your path and decide to come into health and move back or move to fargo moorhead yeah really great question and i'm just going to (laughs) be so incredibly honest with you um so from ordway center i got a job as the marketing director. I actually, for a moment, I stepped out of the theater realm and worked for a company that made adaptive technology for those with disabilities. So if somebody, um, they needed to push a button to technologically um, start like a computer device or something like it was tied in so if they couldn't type on a keyboard they could use a larger space so it was just adaptive for those with um, cognitive or developmental disabilities to um, interact and and level the playing field and um, so I spent about six months there and I was like oh man my heart is not in this Mm -hmm. I hate to be a job hopper but I'm also young so like now is the time so I did take the opportunity to become a marketing director to really oversee um, that program at the History Theater so in in St. Paul which is still running and that was incredible because it was all plays and it was all with Minnesota ties you know so Minnesota history so they would lift up these you know voices and stories that sometimes don't get heard um and and bring them back to the people so that was a really fun time about oh three weeks into taking that marketing director position i was 24 years old i realized that lucas and i had become pregnant hello (laughs) yeah so that kind of surprise um so uh yeah so you know about you know two or three months in i let them know like hello i am expecting a child Mm -hmm. and the job that i took was actually a one year this marketing director position it was the first time they'd had somebody in that position position and so it was like a a contracted one-year position um anyway which I you know so like around the time that it was coming to fruition a few would also coincide with a few months after our child was to be born um so yeah so then you guys things started happening quickly so my my now husband and I got married um and then we had a baby and during that time it is. It was so transformative. I had then interacted with the healthcare sphere. I had had, um, you know, I'd, I'd gone through. That's the first time in my life that I'd had that level of healthcare interaction. Yeah. Um, it started to kind of stir up other things about how we treat people or how we treat people when they're going through either the first time. Mm-hmm. in their healthcare interaction, which for women, oftentimes, 
is like having a baby yeah. <laughs> outside of like a, an annual exam or an annual yeah. sports physical or well woman exam. Um, that's like the first time that they're spending that much time in a healthcare sphere. And being able to navigate that and advocate for yourself and have the, to know the right questions to ask really started to be activated within me. So, um, and then, you know, I was down in it. I was, I had a baby. I was breastfeeding this baby. I was learning how to be a parent. Um, All of those things were very Mm -hmm. topical at the time. So I I would say it, um, it was the spark. It wasn't necessarily what caused a roaring bonfire yet. So we decided that after we had this child, we wanted to move closer to family. So Fargo-Moorhead is about an hour away from my parents in, in Frazee. And my husband has family in North Dakota in the Mayville, Portland area. Okay. And so we knew that we didn't necessarily want to be in the backyard of any one of our sets of parents. We wanted to kind of blaze our own trail. (laughs) But we thought now that we had a family, it was important to be nearby to um, grandparents. And then we have another set of uh, grandparents and family in the cities. Um, So we're we're like, that'll that'll work. We'll we'll keep keep close to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Within striking distance. And so... Um, during that time, we I, there aren't as many maybe theater um, organizations yes. <laughs> here in the Fargo <laughs> area um, to kind of like a one-to-one comparison of what I had um, career-wise, professionally in the cities. So there was a job as a marketing director for a regional library system called Lake Agassiz Regional Library. So Moorhead Library is one of those branches of 23, huge interconnected system. And I actually worked for the library. My mother worked for a library in Detroit Lakes, and I also worked for that same library as a teenager. And um, that came, you know, full circle. So I was mm-hmm. able to utilize some of those marketing um, muscles again, uh, f- but in a different capacity. Yep. And you guys consider the product like what I'm trying to do is get people to read to their children to incorporate lifelong learning um, Uh (laughs) for themselves take advantage of the new technologies that are available that it isn't just a paper book that you a paper book yeah we saw you made a a children's ebook yeah yeah yeah. so I didn't I I like to write (laughs) yes I do I do like to write myself as well Uh Um, but yeah just letting people know you can listen to audiobooks if that's your format that's still reading yeah. or you can read ebooks um, that's still reading so just kind of dispelling myths about what it is to interact with the library and just yeah. the social aspect of a library like a a, a storefront or a, a place where you can go there cool in the summer a place to get away uh, from the heat they're warm in the winter uh, and we have long and punishing winters <laughs> we do. here we do. so it's nice to go to a place um, that is filled with excitement and adventure and that's a really nerdy thing for me to say, say but I'm all about libraries and even how children you know so like teaching children that that's a place where they can go that you don't necessarily have to have one book only or you have to buy all your books that you can have 5,000 of them on a a three-week rotation you know checking out five or six at a time so um, and kids like a lot of stuff you know they're like 
very narcissistically yeah. klepto. So like mine, 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 mine. <laughs> yeah. And sort of like, all right, you, can, you want a Rubbermaid tote full of them? Go ahead. You can have that many books. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So my time at the library was good. And again, I want to be really honest that throughout that time, that spark of that healthcare and that, um, you know, that my transformative experience through childbirth and, you know, becoming a mother was still kind of a slow burn underneath the surface. And I think um, I needed to cultivate that and feed that over that period of time that I was at the library. So I was kind of looking in that time we had our second child. So um, our, our first our first Dylan was born when we still lived in the cities, but our second was born uh, while we lived in, in this area. So, mm-hmm. so now we were parents to two um, children. And throughout that time, I received a doula. I went through doula training, which is a non-medical uh, support person a coach to go through labor and delivery. So I had doulas attend both of my births, you know, along with my husband and I, and I had now attended some births on the side um, with uh, other families. And so I was just kind of learning more about childbirth education and um, breastfeeding and, and supporting supporting women in general as they were going through this so um oh you guys this i i want to say that i don't really have a common thread (laughs) through my professional career like it will just kind of continue to change and ebb and evolve and honestly i want it to continue to do that yeah that that is my hope um and goal is that change is a constant but discipline change, you yes. know, things that allow me to bring things to fruition and, and close the mm-hmm. book on, on chapters. Um, so, yeah, so from that kind of childbirth education and doula, I did come to my husband and say, I want to see what it would be like to own my own business. I want to see if I can just dive in and do this. So for about two years, from about 2013 to 2015, I was a freelance writer, a childbirth educator, a home birth midwife assistant, and a doula. So that, that wow. was kind of like my JM Brandon Enterprises LLC, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, kind of feels like a lot, kind of feels a little disjointed from it's not one thing or one product, but they were things that I was doing well at the yeah. time. Now, I'll tell you what, the business was not lucrative in those two years it was very difficult it was very ebb and flow when the money would come through the door Mm -hmm. so my husband was working full-time i was working kind of feast and famine you know sometimes there there would be a good cash flow and sometimes there wouldn't and that broke me that i did have to hang it up I had to just say uncle um in 2015 and say I don't know that this is an entire failure but I don't think I have the right skills and tools for the job right now Mm -hmm. to make that as a as a mother of a young 
you know, a toddler, a baby and a toddler, um, or now at that point they were like getting on toward elementary, early elementary school, preschool time. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just found that it was stressful. It was stressful to kind of put money into the business and, and not see it realized. And honestly, if I'm being entirely honest with you, I didn't do my homework or I didn't do enough of my homework. Uh Uh-huh of that particular business model as it applied to me and, you know, and then the type of work that I was doing to make myself successful. I have learned so much with that failure brick uh-huh. <laughs> of that business that I'm so glad I had it now. I mean, yeah. as I'm looking back years later. Um, but when I came to Sanford in 2015, I came as a part-time childbirth educator. So I was kind of like, licking my wounds from this failed business venture. Um, And I'm talking like, I probably wasn't very deep in some people pour in, you know, their house, they've mortgaged their house and, you know, all of their whole life is into the business. Everything's on like, they lose everything. And I didn't carry a whole lot of debt from this business venture. So Um, so that's a good thing, but I was just ready to kind of stop the bleed. <laughs> yeah, I definitely wouldn't call it a failure. Uh, well, yeah. thank you. No, Sometimes yeah. we're our own harshest critics. Without um, a doubt. Yeah, but I, 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 I truly do think that I learned from that mm-hmm. and, and then everything going forward, it, it did inform, um, me in those next steps. So... It, I just was like, well, yep, I'll take this. I, I want to reach people. And so working for Sanford, what a great opportunity. I couldn't get the kind of individuals through the customers through the door um, based on my business model independently. So now I will have this platform where I can teach. And that's really, at the end of the day, what I wanted to do. I had this passion. I had this knowledge. Mm-hmm. And so... It was fabulous. So I was teaching, you know, birthing basics and birthing with confidence and breastfeeding beginnings and prenatal yoga and uh, stress and anxiety management and pregnancy, all of these things that I loved. Um, but now reaching you know, 30 people a class or 20 or, or 10 and and really um, that's where actually, um, you know, at my time at Sanford, I was able to come into meet Kate, you know, she, she and I met, um, during that time as well. And so great connections, uh, truly, I am very grateful for my job at Sanford and just how it evolved and the family element, um, the work of taking care of people and taking care of patients is hard and sometimes thankless. Um, but when you have those individuals standing next to you that Mm -hmm. you really care about, they've got your back, you've got theirs, it makes all the difference. So, so fortunate in my work with Sanford Women's when I came on board to make lifelong friends that are uh, still, you know, with me today. One's a running partner. I'll be running in a half marathon with her tomorrow. Was actually my boss that hired me um, at Sanford four and a half years ago. And so she actually left her position, uh, her supervisory position shortly after I came on board a couple of months. And so I went from real part-time childbirth educator to overseeing my department and being able to help it grow. Wow. 
Yeah, over a couple of years. And that's years the position time. you're at right now. Correct? Well, that was, yeah, that was my Sanford women's position. Um, and then now I'm in my wellness role um, with the health plan. So, worksite wellness, worksite screenings, and then also um, wellness solutions or be behavior modifi- modification lifestyle medicine um, is what we practice. And what that means is just that we can help be the wraparound support to maybe you've got a care plan with a doctor or you've been you know working towards some health goals but you're finding that you're really tripped up by motivation to work out or you're being tripped up by you you feel like you're under this crushing debt load or you've got a couple of relationships in your life that aren't going as swimmingly as they should be. So we are able to spend that extra time with those patients and develop some lifestyle medicine plans. Like you're likely not going to eat five servings of fruits and vegetables and exercise for 30 minutes a day if your mental health is in the toilet. Like this is not going to happen. Like if you can get out of bed and you can't find that motivation, um, like let's address that first. And so we kind of move the spotlight around to different areas um, and shed light on what it actually takes to put together a plan and a roadmap to get there. And, um, And people are often surprised because they think that we might you know, ask them to make this change overnight. We can't, we can't do it. You know, like it takes 30 years or more or 10 or 20 to develop some of those chronic conditions or those chronic habits. So you better believe we're going to spend a couple of months or half a year or a year together working on getting back to good and better than before. And so, um, yeah, so we just kind of remind people that it isn't a miracle pill or an overnight fix and so many of us are looking for that um that instant gratification yeah Yeah. and and we live in a society where we can get that a lot of the time that you can turn on one click and get it and you can um you know connect with another individual right now or you know so we don't have to wait for a lot of things and so just teaching people some of these skills of being on a journey and one of my favorite things to share with people is you really have to fall in love with that process and not the final destination Mm -hmm. because honestly when you get there much like if you've reached any one of your goals you're going to want to know what's next and it doesn't automatically switch you into um you know being the most beautiful woman or making more money or um, getting a better job or anything like that. Like just because, and I use weight often because weight can um, come up in many of these lifestyle medicine types of conversations is like, well, I'll change jobs when I lose 30 pounds or I'll ask him out on a date when I'm a size six. It's like, well, (laughs) listen, are you sure that you really want to be with someone based on something so superficial, something that could kind of change um, from one year to the next, like maybe ask now and then you'll get maybe a more true answer (laughs) out of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So just helping people uh, 
peel back layers of themselves to remember what brought them here in the first place and rely on that confidence and self-efficacy more so than any sort of outcome that they reach. So enjoy it. And it's so fun to watch people step into their own power again when they come to you kind of, you know, broken or fragile or feel as if they're broken or fragile, even if, you know, we don't see that, but that's what they're feeling and carrying with themselves every day. Um, And then one or two or three or six months down the road to watch them just totally take that ball and run with it. And it's just like, well, we coached them in the beginning, but what is happening right now has got nothing yeah. to do yeah, with us. Yeah, I bet us. that's a great feeling to watch them improve like Honestly, that over yeah. a span of a couple months. Yeah, and 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 I think that's what I admire in, in other coaches and other mentors too is, you know, they kind of sometimes just sit back and listen, and that's really what is the bread and butter of it. Like, be authentic. Don't yeah. don't, don't try to. Um, fix somebody. I think this can be very hard too. And coaching is trying to offer up a specific solution uh, for somebody without knowing that there are going to be stumbling blocks or let's take the weight loss one again, that somebody thinks that they'll start on day one and they will lose one to two pounds per week and that will just keep going until they reach their final you know, target weight or goal. Um, But then when we look at the reality of those who have kept weight off for a long period of time, it is very messy and nonlinear. And there could be times of ups and downs and plateaus forever. And um, we rarely celebrate status quo or maintenance. You know, people are just like, what do you mean it's the same? It's the same like wow, I actually want to applaud you and your body for being able to regulate and yeah. maintain itself. That sounds like a well-oiled machine to me. You know, so helping people find that way to celebrate those wins and mm-hmm. and trust in themselves and thank themselves and change the channel in their brain that is maybe guiding them toward negative thought patterns and then changing it to um, gratitude. And I do incorporate that in my my own personal practice as well yeah awesome yeah so one fun thing we noticed is that you have your um, personal trainers license that's right the american college of sports medicine i'm a certified wow. personal trainer that's impressive i enjoy it yep yeah i actually um i teach at the south point clinic uh exercises medicine so it's a 12-week program that we have nine individuals in the program. I have my um, co, co-trainer and I, Alyssa, we teach, and uh, it's at the location, the gym location actually during the day is a cardiac rehab and physical therapy facility. So we've partnered, um, partnered with uh, my coworker, Brad, to allow for that space and that time and to bring this program in. And so we train these individuals and they have a variety of health issues. So they may be dealing with diabetes or heart disease or obesity or mental health issues. And they can they come in, they pay like $99 for this three month course. They get access to the gym and then we lead them through 
um, an hour-long training session, small group personal training, um, Alyssa and I, twice per week for 12 weeks. And we have an additional companion workbook that goes with it because it's not just exercise. Um, exercise is medicine, and getting some of our physicians now to prescribe exercise as part of the care and treatment plan has been such a win. So incredible to watch happen. Um, you know, prescribing nutrition and prescribing exercise. Wow. Um, but by using this booklet, it covers things like stress and sleep and meal planning and preparation and, you know, habitual steps that one can take to move that arrow toward success. So we acknowledge that it isn't just this hour or two a week we're spending together. But while we're here, we want to teach you the foundations of exercise. We want we don't want you to come in to a gym, do 45 minutes on the elliptical, in hate with it, and then yeah. leave because your body knows. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. But instead, um, let's get out a deck of cards and assign some different movements, you know, get a little silly teach you the proper form of moving your body so you don't get hurt, take into mm -hmm. consideration your current state, yep. and then build from there. So you can walk in confident to any gym and be like, here's what I'm doing for my warm-up. Here's my you know main set of strength that I'm going to get after. Here's my cardio. And then do that kind of day in, day out. And then you feel just those building blocks can take these individuals into group fitness classes on their own or a spin class or yoga or swimming, you know, things that they would never have the confidence to do. And gym intimidation, gym intimidation is yeah. so real. It's anxiety producing. Mm -hmm. um, and, and until you find your tribe and until you find the right vibe in a gym, um, I feel it's just tantamount to have people come walk that journey with you, have you, uh, you know, walk with you, show you those things, not make you feel uncomfortable. And I am lucky because I had um, guides like that as well, carrying me through and, and inspiring me and, you know, let's be honest, helping me change my career path to mm -hmm. move toward things that fulfill me. So what's one, what's your favorite part about your job as, uh, as in Sanford? At Sanford right now? Um, you know, I think this lifestyle medicine approach, it's so incredible to watch some of, you know, my doctor, my friends that are doctors or other, um, others of those in leadership or even some of my coworkers see that this is an opportunity for them, that this is something, that this is part of their wellness benefits, that they could get a, a an exercise consultation or an nutrition or just wellness coaching in general and this is part of something that we can offer to them and we can teach them and we can teach them well-being education some tips to overcome stress or um, make some healthy meals for you know get, get a, a meal plan together I think that's probably my favorite part is being part of the disruptive nature of doing things a bit differently, coming at problems in a different way. And so, for example, 80% of the World Health Organization is predicting that 80% of disease falls in, of chronic disease, falls into 
lifestyle behavior. So some of the heart diseases, the obesity, mm-hmm. um, is, is falling into inactivity, you know, lack of good nutrition and, and lack yep. of movement. And so if we can get in there and disrupt that pattern and save healthcare dollars, improve quality mm-hmm. of life, I want to be part of that. And so I've found a way and a platform to be part of that. And so I'm going to find my voice and, and sing loud and proud <laughs> about it. So I would yeah. say that's probably the most enjoyable part, be yeah. part of uh, the disruptors. Yeah, that's awesome, really becoming a part of something bigger and uh-huh. helping other people. Okay, I'm curious about your transformation after you had kids and how you yeah. got back to your physical state. Oh, yeah, that's um, that's great. So I am... When I came to Sanford, so when I, you know, transformed from being a small business owner back into receiving a steady paycheck, um, I was able to start my job at the South Point Clinic. And the South Point Clinic, where Sanford Women's, where my office was located, has a gym located within the clinic. So I made the decision. Like this is low hanging fruit, Janelle. I don't. I just don't know that it gets any easier for you to make <laughs> physical activity a part of your life. So, yep. um, so when I started there, I just immediately got a gym membership there, and started working out. And my starting weight when I started that job was like two hundred and sixty five pounds. Uh-huh. And today I hover like I'm about one hundred and ninety five pounds. Wow. So the thing is, I didn't. I, there was no like fast silver bullet approach to this Mm -hmm. um it started with some exercise fell back in love with exercise and the power within my body had some good mentors along the way had a good gym family there um at south point and i also uh slowly made nutrition changes so never went on any you know prescribed diet or any restriction anything like that just fired up my fitness pal and got real honest with myself like what's going in what uh, what are the numbers here? Yep. Um, and then once I kind of found that balance between good nutrition that doesn't include deprivation, that doesn't include... Um, so that usually ends up being temporary. Yeah. And the body's yeah. like, are we starving? Why are we starving? Yep. Is it famine out there? <laughs> Please feed me. Yeah. Um, so, and I do like to tell people like, this has been a four-year process. This mm-hmm. has not been, <laughs> yep. you know, uh, three months of some crash diet that leaves me with my hair falling out or yeah. something. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm not into it. Um, <laughs> and so then I just slowly added back on. I'm like, all right, I'm going to try a 5K. Okay, got that. Now I'm going to try a triathlon. So I got some good coaching. Wow, uh, triathlons, yeah. that's impressive. Swim, bike, run. So I tried a small uh, sprint triathlon, got that. All right, then I tried a half marathon, cool. Um, I ran a marathon last fall. And um, and so my goal, you guys, is to do a full Ironman. And let me just tell you what an Ironman triathlon is. It's um, a two-mile swim, a little bit over, 2.4-mile swim, it is a 112-mile bike ride, and then it is followed up, finished with a full marathon. Wow. So that's a lot of doing. How long would that so, be? So like, that's going to take all day. So that's like a 12- or 13-hour endeavor for sure. Oh. A lot of people don't finish. A lot of people, um, you know, 
get pulled off the course at different points. Yep. Honestly, I just want to enter the race. I just want to yeah. put my toe at that starting line. So I'm 37 now, and I would like to do that by the time I'm 40. However, I have now, as I've uh, leaned into a little bit more of what some of my other personal hobbies and, and, and finding mm-hmm. myself and how this kind of physical side of things, uh, how I challenge myself physically, how that translates to how I perform personally and professionally. Um, I've been more, uh, my personal ritual has been to do gratitude journaling. So I tell you what, you start looking for positive in your life, it starts flowing in, it starts rolling in. If I uh, ask people, hey, what are the five things that didn't go well for you today? Bam, they can just knock it out real fast. But if you ask them for the five positive things, then they just have to sit back and think. You got to change your mindset. You got to look for those good things to be flowing toward you. Yes. So So, what are a couple of everyday tips that you could give our listeners to help live a um, more positive, healthy lifestyle? Fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Just start writing. It was terrifying for me to start writing down a few of those things that I'm grateful for. And the other thing that I think, um, and I'm going to credit this to Ms. Rachel Hollis. Ms. Rachel Hollis, she came through to Fargo, and um, she was a great... uh, you know, motivator and inspirational speaker. She's an entrepreneur. She does great. Um, we don't have to agree with one another on each and every one of the mm-hmm. fronts, but she taught me to do gratitude journaling and also um, to dream, like write out a dream journal and wow. to not put limits on it. So many people are like, I want to do this by... That, like I just said, you guys, by the time I'm 40, I want to do an yeah. Ironman. Stop doing that. Like, what do you do? want to do in the next year, in the next five years, in the next 10 years? And then start making those plans to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, break it down even further, like a roadmap. And like what Rachel Hollis says, what is the mile marker? Like, if I want to be debt-free... Maybe mile marker one is no more Dunn Brothers coffee (laughs) drive through on days that are snowing like today. And this just warms my heart. But maybe if I want to be debt free, like "Mm, that's low hanging fruit. Take that off. Um, Instead of saying, oh, I just I want to pay off ten thousand dollars by next Friday. Well, I mean, maybe it's not realistic. Yeah. So I think that has really helped um, to find the positive is one right now, like really focus in under the microscope what are the five good things because if you know that you're journaling tomorrow morning about five good things i don't know you guys i might end up in your gratitude journal like i had a really good conversation with a lady in town that i'd never met right so you're gonna make it in my gratitude journal like i met these two cool college students that interviewed me and and what a wonderful opportunity i'm so excited for the future of everything because you two are in it you know so that's the kind of things that i look for uh the other thing is i would say either get off or completely scale back on your social media intake yep so the fear of missing out and like, do not drink the compare schlager. You will have a nasty hangover from it. You, it's, it's just robbing you of your current joy. It's robbing you of the depth of conversation and connection that you can have with other people. And so, um, you know, no, no more filters. Like, just forget it. Like, we've yeah. got scars. We've got stretch marks. We've got 
10 years of bad road, some of us. So let's just be honest with one another. And then I would say, forget small talk, like just skip it. Um, tamp down your desire to ask somebody how they're doing today, uh, in terms of like, Oh, it's kind of bad weather we're having or, you know, it's kind of, yeah, just skip that. And when you see a hesitation, when somebody's like, good, like ask them to say more, like, I'm going to be here and I'm not necessarily going to take on whatever it is that's going on in your life. Like I'm going to have my own filter, but listen, and we cannot listen to people if we're constantly snapping and getting that Insta story up and Facebook live uh, streaming and tweeting our own moments. And it's just like, we can't, we cannot do both. You cannot, um, there is a time and place for both, but when it comes to people, I think People feel emotionally bankrupt because they're making way too many uh, withdrawals from that yeah. bank, and they're not having those important deposits that they yeah. need from other people. So develop your tribe, develop your kin very, very well. Do some kin keeping. Reach out to that aunt. Reach out to that parent or somebody else. Say what needs to be said so you don't carry that burden on your shoulders. Those are the types of things that move people and move the needle toward wellness. And people are like, she never said 20 squats. No, I didn't because yeah. you'll get there. When some of those other dimensions and in at Sanford Health Plan we do talk about the dimensions of well-being you really got to take care of that side of yourself first before you're going to start thriving in some of those other areas so to answer your question those are some of the things that I've started to employ in my own life um, in those disciplines and habits that help carry me through and can I tell you guys something yes wake up just a little bit earlier Starting in the mid to late August, September, yeah, mid mid to late August through October 1st, I wrote my first novel. Wow. You guys, because I woke up earlier, I grabbed an extra hour in the morning and I just let it pour out of me and I didn't do it for anybody but me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what I'll do with it. Maybe self-publish it. Maybe, yeah. I don't know, like I wrote a children's book a number of years ago, but tune in hone in those creative parts of yourself because they want to get out like if you have that extra hour don't just like respond to other people's agenda items or you know do everything for everybody else like do something for you that is so just deliciously for yourself so that's good advice yeah just get I up like get up or stay up a little bit yeah. later get up a little bit earlier yeah that's mm-hmm. great advice yeah so to wrap this up where can our listeners connect with you um online <clears throat> if they want to learn more about um creating a healthier lifestyle for themselves well um it, they can always they can contact me at work i'm janelle.brandon at sanfordhealth.org now i'm not very much in the social spheres i've kind of pulled back i am on linkedin Uh um but uh some of the other places i don't frequent too much because i want to be out there living that life yeah that's awesome yeah exactly yes well it was great meeting with you today and yes uh, Yes. ton of great information and thank you thanks for having me take care yes